Hi, I'm Chrissy. I'm Joss, and you're listening to Breaking the Curtain, the podcast where we interview our theater idols and chat all about the history behind your favorite musicals. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and you are getting ready for 2023. Yes, we hope your days have been filled with food, fun, and festivating. Mm, But especially food, right? Mm -hmm. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we want to welcome everybody to a very special bonus episode of Breaking the Curtain. As you know from our season finale, Joss and I took a trip to New York City at the beginning of December where we finally got to see Almost Famous on Broadway. And of course, we fell head over heels in love with it. If you've been keeping up with our social media pages, you would know already from over there. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because the exact day we were chatting and planning a trip back in the spring to go and see this fabulous show again, it was announced that unfortunately Almost Famous will be closing on January 8th. And that is after 30 previews and 77 regular performances. Yeah, we're we're so devastated that so many people won't get the chance to see this amazing musical, and we wish that it could stick around a little while longer. Our hearts are broken for the cast and crew who are making theater magic every single night at the Jacobs. But this week, we had the opportunity to sit down with Rob Coletti, who plays Lester Bangs in the show, and chat about all things Almost Famous. We jumped at the chance and knew that this was something that we couldn't wait until the new year to share with you. We wanted to get it out before the show's closing. Yes, so we really hope you enjoy this interview as much as we enjoyed recording and chatting with Rob. It was such a delight to have him on the podcast with us. And we also hope that you all get your butts to the Jacobs Theater before January 8th. Go see Almost Famous on Broadway because rock and roll will never die. Welcome to Breaking the Curtain, Rob. We always like to get started by asking our guests to introduce themselves and tell everybody a little bit about who you play in the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, My name is Rob Coletti, and I play Lester Bangs in Almost Famous the Musical. So Almost Famous is this wonderful, well-loved film. Were you familiar with it at all before getting involved with the Broadway production? Oh, yeah, for sure. I um, I mean, I think it's a lot of people's favorite movie, you know, which is kind of cool. Totally. (laughs) but I, you know, I I first saw it uh, back when I was in high school and I just like really took to the whole like feeling uncool thing from the very beginning and finding like a place and uh, with a group of people that, you know, maybe you didn't think you otherwise would find. And um, uh, I think that element probably speaks to people most commonly, at least from what I hear in my experience. But I absolutely loved the movie. I, I loved the soundtrack. Um, it it has been like a part of my cultural zeitgeist since I was a, a youngster. That's fabulous to hear. And like you said, it is that to so many people. I know Chrissy is was much more familiar with the film than me uh, going in, but uh, we both absolutely love it. So getting it to see it on stage was so amazing. How did you get involved with the production? Uh, I got really lucky. I was like living in LA and um, the audition came uh, through my email and I just sort of like immediately felt connected to the material and spent a lot of time prepping it. And, um, you know, they were auditioning people in New York too, but Cameron Crowe lives in LA and he was there the first day that I read. Um, 
and I just sort of like uh, remember going in and feeling a vibe right away and um, uh, yeah just it, it all kind of snowballed from there that's so cool to meet Cameron Crowe on the first day that's crazy Oh I know, no gosh. pressure, right? That was <laughs> what a dream come true, honestly. Yeah, he also he was the one who called me to offer me the role. Oh my was gosh, super wild! Oh my gosh, and actually, you know, Cam and I have become really good friends over the years. Like, uh, oh. he he is he is truly like, you know, some people say don't meet your heroes because they'll disappoint you. He's like the antithesis of that theory. He's like <laughs> the kindest. Oh most open-hearted collaborator and human ever. He's like so, um, I mean, you know, he's like, an, he's an extroverted introvert. He's like, sure. You can, you can the, like, um, you know, the the artist for sure, but he he's just so welcoming and like vulnerable and open-hearted and just, he's so kind and always has questions and um, uh, is always open to like, um your feedback and um I've, I've honestly like never dreamed that like I a would be able to work on something like this uh and then b also be able to like work on it with somebody who is just so excellent as a human being it's truly been like an embarrassment of riches it's wild that's awesome it's been lovely seeing him in the audience so often as well at the show and seeing so many fans getting to meet him it's it's really beautiful yeah he he literally says like I, I asked him once you know like don't you get tired of the show he's like no imagine if your favorite band was playing like around the corner from where you live every night right right and you just yeah. had a free ticket to go whenever you want wouldn't you go right yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah of so, course. so true yeah it's amazing how involved he is in the process because I know sometimes, you know, when you get a movie adaptation, movie to musical, sometimes the rights are kind of just signed and things go, you know, one way. I think it's awesome how involved he is. Uh, he wrote the book as well, right? The script. Totally. Oh, man, he's he's been for every step. He's been here like feet in the water the whole time. Amazing. And I think it shows as people who love the original film, like it shows how involved he has mm -hmm. been. And I think that is what makes it such a successful adaptation. Chrissy and I were talking about this the other day, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, but it works as an adaptation. But also, if you'd never seen the movie and went in, you would still get everything and enjoy mm -hmm. everything. And that is so rare in this world of theater adaptations. So totally. Totally. I mean, uh, it's it's really actually a testament to how brilliant Cameron's story is. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, th there was a, some questioning, like when we first opened about like, well, you know, why didn't you vary it from like the source material? And I think the answer is pretty clearly like, why would you? You yeah, know, like, sure. It's yeah. just such a great story and there are some people who've never seen it before that like come in and after the show they'll be like I can't believe I've never seen the movie it's such a great story I mean it won an Oscar like you know right? what, what, what do you want to really change you know um but it, it's yeah it, it's like truly a testament to just the genius of storytelling that that Cameron is capable of and um I also think that one of the reasons it resonates so deeply is that there's not really like a villain Right. You know, there's like, like Russell is sort of the villain, quote sure. unquote, but like, mm -hmm. he's a human. Everybody is so deeply humanized in this story. And yet 
there's such a clear plot structure yeah. and you kind of root for everybody. Yes. And I can't think of a single other story I've ever seen where like you are literally seeing all of these various pathways of storytelling uh, kind of slowly interwine into this one big cumulative mm -hmm. climax that is just really beautiful and powerful and profound and galvanizing and uniting and um uh yeah i i think the, the fact that like so many people know the the movie maybe have maybe had scared some people into being like well you know why why can't you explore something new mm. i think the answer is pretty clearly like you just don't need to it's mm -hmm. like a beautiful story the way that it is it would be like rewriting beethoven's fifth like why would you do that it exists as it does for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So perfectly said. Uh, you mentioned that you play Lester, of course, and you do a phenomenal job at that. Oh, my goodness. We oh, talked you. about you. I could school. not stop laughing. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> We're still <laughs> talking about your performance. Can you tell us about your journey as Lester in the show? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, when I when I got the role, we were still in workshops like four years ago, and we were we've been developing this show since well, Cameron's been developing it since like 2016. Wow! Uh, with Tom Kit, the two of them have been like working on this for literally almost eight years now, I think, or seven years now. Um, but the so the casts, some of the cast started reading, um, doing readings like five years ago, and I joined four. And, um, you know, when I when I came in, the thing that they made really clear that they wanted from Lester was to be different from Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, because, you know, in in theater, you don't have close ups. And, and Phil Hoffman is like one of the five or six greatest close up angle actors in the history of acting. He truly is like maybe the best character actor. Yeah. Um, ever but certainly of the last generation and um, you know in this production they weren't going to have the close-up of him you know um, with the cigarette uh, and, and, a, and a you know singular light from overhead it, it was going to be delivered in a very different way and um, I mean that was sort of the that was the edict on all of it no, no one wanted to do what existed in the movie Cameron picked everyone individually in our cast. All 19 people were hand-selected by Cameron to be the energy of the role that he saw for it on stage. And, um, you know, it, it is different than the movie for that reason. Every, everybody is doing, like Saleya, who plays Penny, is yeah. just so different than Kate. Mm -hmm. But both of them are wonderful and radiant mm -hmm. in their own unique ways mm -hmm. same with Casey who plays William you know what Pat Fugit did in the movie is amazing it's great what Casey does on stage is totally different but it's mm -hmm. amazing it's like it blows my mind every night watching it um and you know with Lester that was super important for Cameron he's you know he never wanted anything to be um a mirror copy of what existed in the film and um so he and I actually spent a, a good deal of time watching old interviews of the real Lester Bangs. And, um, you know, uh, the one thing Phil and I both do is that we sort of play the essence of the human. Um, mm. But I, I really do attack it from a very different angle. And um, 
you know, Lester in the story is he he in the musical he plays this sort of like Greek chorus, like mm-hmm. guiding spirit for William yeah. that is is there in the movie, but in a very different way. Um, and you know, Cameron made it really clear from the outset that um you know, Lester had to galvanize William into this journey. He had to be the person who was the better angel on his shoulder saying, this is what you're up against when you are there. And as he experiences it, you're going to be there reminding him in the in his mind's eye, you're that for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really wanted to also uh, not, not only like, you know, I, I did sort of a life study, like the way that they actually put in, inserts in my soul so that I can keep my feet out like the real Lester he walked with both feet um you know I, I've done a number of like physical things that match what he does the way that he like uses his hands he does this thing with three fingers and I try to do all of that as often as I can but the most important element to me was playing um the human element of Lester which is that he mm. is this broken individual who has much more in common with William than he would probably ever admit to himself and he needs to discover as he goes so that the audience has a purpose to see him there other than just being this guy who is guiding William along the journey. Um, so we kept all those elements in mind and um, we spent a, a great deal of time kind of like honing in the script. You know, Cameron wrote new stuff for Lester that isn't in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, like a bunch of new stuff. And um, that sort of like, that made the challenge of not being able to do a carbon copy of what Phil did um essential you know I couldn't just go watch the film and do what Phil does I'm doing completely new things that didn't exist in the film Mm -hmm. um and all of it again is just to sort of like build this new version of Lester that was essentially there to be the galvanizing guiding force for this young man who goes on an incredible journey that is by the way based on reality right (laughs) and uh you know some people forget that it's 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 literally Mm -hmm. based off of a true story um and Cameron when he was going through all of those things in those days he'll tell you that it was Lester's what he Lester was his biggest influence at the time he was the the hero that um you know so many people see Cameron as their hero he saw Lester as his right and um you know he wanted to impress him and he got his job at Rolling Stone trying to write for Lester at Green. Wow. Oh, it's such a journey. It's such a great story. And like you said, everything is so fresh with these characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really we were like, okay, what are we going to expect with this show? Obviously, we're going to love it because it's almost famous. Yeah. But it was <laughs> so new and fresh and everyone had such a different take on these roles and these mm-hmm. characters that we've grown to love over the years. And I think I love them even more now because of the musical. Me too. It's oh, yeah. it's just amazing. Oh, that's it's so like what you said about essence. Like everybody on stage, you're all just phenomenally yes. cast, by the way. Like it's such a wonderful team. But you all have the essence of these people. So you walk on stage and we're like, okay, we know that's Lester, that's Penny, that's we know who they are, but you all bring such wonderful depth mm. and uh, humanity to it. And maybe it's part of being live, maybe part of it's the music, but I think y'all are just wonderful in what you bring and what is new. And yeah, we loved, loved, loved this. I think even more than the movie because wow, you guys brought that. That's so cool to hear. I mean, 
Joni Mitchell said the same thing. So like, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll take it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I won't argue with Joni Mitchell. No. <laughs> neither will I ever. Uh, and yeah, like you're so like every, but literally down to the, the last ensemble member, like Dan Sovich who plays Daryl and right. uh, Marlon, you know, these, these two little bit parts, he gets maybe four of the 10 biggest laughs in the show, you know, mm-hmm. Katie Ladner as Sapphire, like completely redefines oh, yeah. what you think a band-aid could or should be she's the most brilliant actor mm-hmm. on top of all of that mm-hmm. uh you know emily schulteiss who plays anita the sister like harnesses that energy of what anita miller really was yeah as wonderful yes. as zoe deschanel was like yeah it's just th- this total honing in of like finding the perfect energy f- through theater uh, of all three theater, theater mm-hmm. artists of all of these parts that really existed in the world for Cameron when he was going through this. Yeah. It's just so well suited to the stage. It really is. I agree. I love it. I'm so sad it's closing. We were, we're like uh, all, all heartbroken about it, but mm. we're also like, you know, so grateful for the experience. And, um, you know, we think, we think people will look back and realize what, what, what a mistake it was that it closed. Oh yeah. But there's, oh, yeah. You know, there's also nothing we really do. COVID has just like really impacted ticket sales for everybody. We were actually doing Absolutely. really well yeah. compared to most new shows this season. Yeah. Like when we were there, it was packed, right? So we, yeah. were, we were totally, totally shocked and so devastated for you guys. Oh, thanks. Yeah. The average ticket sales just down yeah. significantly, like something like 35% of people who bought brown. Broadway tickets pre-pandemic are working from home now. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's, it's rough. We wanted to come back. We were like, yeah, we'll go. We got lots of time. but Yeah, we were like, let's look into uh, March <laughs> or April. The cool thing is we've been like playing to sold out audiences since we announced. So um, right. the energy has been amazing. And, um, you know, I think uh, the people who are seeing it are realizing what a special thing that they're seeing is. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can say that too, because like I am in the show, but I'm not like in it a lot. I'm sort of like an ancillary character on the side. I get to watch a lot. Everybody who's in the show is just so remarkable and it really is so special. And I, I feel so honored to have been a part of it in any way. Yeah. And the audiences love it. Like they're cheering like it's a rock concert. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was going to be the loudest person there, but I was so glad everybody was at the same level I was, <laughs> you know? And I think that's what's so important to think about when something as sad as an early closing comes around is like the people who have seen it have freaking loved it we had the best time. The people beside us had the best time. People love it. And it's so well loved and well received. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, our house manager, Heidi is like, um, you know, she's on the, the, the ground floor. She talks to everybody as they leave every single show. And, um, she, you know, every, she, she's been at the Jacobs for a really long time and every show that's been there, she's always like, Oh, you know, I'll have patrons come up and say, I didn't like this. This wasn't great. Why is right. this scene in there? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. She she says that of all the shows she's had since not since once have people just like left the theater so obviously elated and joyous and like um yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's no secret we had some rough reviews and I think that they were all lazy and totally missed the point, but that's mm-hmm. their prerogative. They can do whatever mm-hmm. they want. The only people we, we we like have a running joke in our cast. We play for fans, not critics. It's a line. Yeah. And uh, literally 99% of the feedback I have heard about this show has been like, 
we were so moved. It made us so happy. And I, I just, it's such a disappointment that like in the post COVID era, yeah. something that brings joy and love and togetherness and cohesion isn't celebrated. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, the, everybody is still not everybody, but you know, the few people who were snooty about it were mm-hmm. more concerned about who was, you know, sniffing their farts rather than right. like trying to get people to enjoy the theater. Like, yeah. You know, unfortunately, I, I, I'm aware that like Almost Famous isn't going to win the Pulitzer Prize, but that's not what it was written for. No, it's truly, it's truly this beautiful story of like coming together. It's literally Mm -hmm. a recurring theme song in our show. Um, I'm just, I'm sad that more people won't get to experience that. That's the biggest bummer. Yeah, me too. Because like you said, it's about people coming together. It's about loving music and art. It's about chosen family. Those are all three things that kind of scream Broadway to me. Like if I were to pick out themes that I think about when I think of a Broadway musical, like it's such a perfect story for the Broadway stage. And I know Chris and I kind of looked at each other. We had read the reviews. We were like, did they see the same show we did? Exactly. (laughs) Because anyway, that's that's them. But we loved it. No, I mean, people come in with preconceived notions. And um, you know, unfortunately, when they do that, the things can just go right over your head, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, it is what it is. Honestly, the reviews didn't really impact us that much. We literally were one of the three best-selling shows of the new season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, you know, it's a really tough time. Everyone is struggling, including the well-reviewed shows. And it's, it's a scary time for Broadway. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a theater artist. I was right. Ra- I cut my teeth here on live stages and I, I'm just, I'm so heartbroken that, um, uh, this pandemic has had such a negative impact on this beloved industry. And yeah. I really hope that, um, you know, in the years to come, things start to regulate a little bit more and come back to normal. Yeah. Fortunately, right now, it just, it's, it's not looking good. You know, I, I'm worried for every show, literally, mm-hmm. and even the ones that aren't open yet. Like, yeah. look what happened to Ain't No Mo. Right? One yeah. of the greatest theatrical experiences you could possibly have. Yeah. And it closed in two weeks. Like that is astonishing. It's so heartbreaking. heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, Strange Loop, one yes. best musical, and it's, it's closing, closing after a year. Like I can't even believe that. Also, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like incredible. Yeah. Just so so sad. Um. Yeah. It's just a really tough time for. Yeah. Uh, for the, the the theater right now and my, my heart breaks for it i hope things get better absolutely Me too well said, i'm sure yeah. when it does get better it'll be back stronger stronger than ever but it's very sad right now um to see everything you know how COVID ha- is still affecting it and still making an impact yeah and- yeah. <sighs> yeah well we won't keep you too much longer i believe you have a <laughs> no, show tonight whatever I'm you sure. want to ask go ahead i, 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 have, I have time Amazing. Well, we would love to know, do you have a favorite lyric or line in the show? Because it's also iconic. I mean, I do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I love the whole, I actually think this is like maybe in terms of earworm, like Mm. listenability. I think this might be Tom Kitt's best achievement. Like I I love normal. It's an incredible. (laughs) We talk about like he wrote hits for this show. Like mm-hmm. 1973, Stick Around. It is so good. I am obsessed with Stick Around. It's so, right? It's just, it it's like sticks perfect. in your ear. You can't get rid of it. Yes. It's so great. I've been humming 1973 since we saw the show. Like, I think that's like one of the best opening numbers yeah. like to ever 
be on stage. Like it has everything you want. Mm -hmm. And the way he combines like the sound of the era with like the Broadway sound, the lecture song in act two, like, you know, it's just, oh, it's all so good. He's a genius. Well, that's, that's what my favorite lyric is from Elaine's lecture. Uh, Yes. Uh, she says, um, let me see if I can uh, get to it here. So, um, but instead of, instead of public service, you seek sex and allow for a culture that breeds an exploitation of the young. But I too am guilty because I let rockstars kidnap my son. Oh, um, uh, from trailblazing people to navel gazing people, we're in love with how great we are. Uh, we declare that we're devout while we're busy selling out our greatest hope for the models who dance on the bar. And where will it all end up? How will we save us from us? Our fall mm. will not come from with an explosion, but with the continued dissolution of trust. But as Goethe says, enjoy when you can, while you can, and endure while you must. I mean, like, damn. I, yeah, it's just like <laughs> astonishing, and like, it is uh, you know that that is that's Cameron and Tom. They wrote that. You know, that Cameron is, by the way, he's a first time lyricist. He's never written music before. And that like his ability to like give character varying levels of perspective through lyrics like 1973 is catchy and up tempo, but it's sung by a 15 year old and the lyrics represent the mind of a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. But Lane's lecture is written uh, or is sung by a 45, 50 year old woman who is a mother and has a teenage son and has uh, is a college professor and has worlds of uh, or tons of world experience and the lyrics reflect that yeah it's mm. like their ability to write for character was truly genius and um you know tom also had this really beautiful way of playing with time signature in our show that i think went over some people's head like there are so many beautiful time signature changes in um like nighttime sky mm. and uh the real mm. world the 11 o'clock number that right. um penny sings in the park yeah i mean like oh. the way that the, the two of them combined to write the music and lyrics for this show i i mean it's just it's such a celebration and um yeah again just like reiterating how how sad i am that um more people won't get to see it in, in person but when the album comes out, I think oh. people are going to freak. Yes. Yes. What date is that? March 17th? Yeah. The hard copy is released on March 17th. I, I've i heard rumblings that the digital copy is going to come out in late February. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. Streaming, All right. Like on Spotify. Yeah. But that's nice. I'm not a little 100% less longer certain to wait. about that. that. That's a maybe. But okay. for sure right. by March 17th. Uh, or March 17th is the, like, the vinyl and CD release day. Nice. We will definitely be getting a copy of whatever. Yeah, we, me too. This. I got, I got to it. listen to a couple of like rough cuts, like unmixed, unmastered. Um, and it, it sounds just like unbelievable. Like it's wow. wild. It's so it's, it's, it's musical theater, but it's rock, but it's also like yes. auto, audio storytelling. I, I, it's wild. It's so great. It's so great. And you get some of those iconic songs from the film and from the era. And it's like, I mean, my mind was blown that we got to have Penny Lane singing the Cat Stevens song, The Wind, which plays in that iconic scene in the film where she's, you know, skating around on the beer. I, I just, yeah, my brain is still exploding from this show. I, you know, 
I'm so glad to hear you say that. Mm. Um, tell your friends they got a week and a half left. Yes. Yes, everyone listening right now, please, please go see the show. Go see Almost Famous. Support this incredible, kind, talented cast and get the album when it comes out, the digital one in yeah. February, apparently, possibly. And uh, possibly, March, definitely March. Hard copy. <laughs> and Rob, thank you so much for joining us today because. We we needed someone to talk about this show with, and what better than Lester? (laughs) So this is really great for us. Thank you. Oh no, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Anytime, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Before you sign off, do you want to tell the people why they should come and see Almost Famous before January eighth? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a really um, beautifully written um, and composed story, and um, you know, and like I was saying before, in, in the post COVID era. I just don't know what would resonate more with anybody than just a beautiful story about coming together and music and love and um, yeah, found family and all of those wonderful things that um, we've been longing for, for the last three years and are finally starting to get a taste of again. But this show, you know, puts in a beautiful box, wraps it, puts a bow on it and puts it right in your lap and, lets you open it and experience the light all for your own. And um, it's uh, there's tons of new material that isn't in the movie. And um, uh, I, I personally guarantee that you will be up on your feet, clapping and smiling as you walk out uh, of the theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, of yeah. Course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank, thank you so you. much again. That's just wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Anytime.